0: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.
1: Matt Yumans of uh, VSIN's going to join us next. We'll get his thoughts As we head into conference championship weekend, as well as more from the world of college basketball. We'll do that next, but before we do that, let's get into the list. Giannotto and Jeffrey
2: keep a list of the stories and people they need to talk about. Being on the list can be a good or bad thing. Listen to find out who made it and why. This is The List. You just made the list. On Giannotto and Jeffrey on 92.9 FM ESPN.
1: John Morant. You just made the list. This is breaking news from 92.9 FM ESPN. It's presented by BetQL. Bet smarter with BetQL. Download BetQL app or visit BetQL.com today. According to the Glendale Police Department, they have just released this press release regarding the incident circulated on the internet involving an NBA player. On March 4th, 2023, the Glendale Police Department was alerted by members of the media of a video circulating on the internet that involved a prominent NBA player signing, I beg your pardon, signing and holding what appeared to be a firearm by the butt end of a gun for several seconds. Through investigation, the GPD was able to determine the incident took place at Shotgun Willys, located in the city of Glendale, during the club's lawful operating hours. GPD was not able to determine that probable cause existed for filing any charges. In this case, it should be noted that on the night in question, the GPD did not receive any calls for service at the nightclub regarding a weapon of any type. Subsequently, no disturbances were reported, and no citizens or patrons of the club came forward to make a complaint. The investigation also concluded that no one was threatened or menaced with the firearm, And in fact, no firearm was ever located. Although the video was concerning enough to prompt an investigation, there was not enough available evidence to charge anyone with a crime. Under our justice system, all persons are presumed innocent until proven guilty. So the bottom line is that Ja Morant will not be charged with anything following the strip club incident outside of Denver, Colorado. One other interesting note in the press release that I think is interesting, maybe perhaps moving forward. It's this line. Quote, the investigation also... Uh, I beg your pardon. Uh, although the video was concerning to prompt... Uh, there was a line... Where was the line? Uh, there, there was a line about not being able to link the fire... Oh, yes, here it is. The investigation also concluded that no one was threatened or menaced with a firearm... And in fact, no firearm was located. So the reason why I mentioned that is the largest question now for John Morant as it pertains to this specific incident is whether or not the firearm can be linked to him and it can be shown that he brought the gun on the plane either to the arena. The question is, did he possess the gun as he was with the Grizzlies, on a team activity, whatnot, the flight would count. I think that I I was always skeptical that any charges would be filed from the incident itself as it pertained to the legal matter. We're seeing now that they weren't. Now the question is, is there going to be the ability by the NBA or whoever is conducting the NBA's investigation to link that the gun was indeed Jaws, he brought it, whatnot? I tend to believe that if the police weren't able to do it, that the NBA will not be able to do it either. So overall, good news for the Grizzlies. Does this mean that I think we'll see John Morant Morant back tomorrow night? That doesn't really change my opinion. I do think, though, it is perhaps encouraging on the front of the most serious in terms of on court for John Morant and his future would be if indeed the gun is his gun, the NBA knows it, he brought it with him. I think now this kind of presents the opportunity that maybe that is going to be a little bit murky. And indeed, maybe the NBA will not be able to prove that. But again, if you're just joining the Glendale police department has closed its investigation into grizzly star John Morant with no charge or crime quote, there was not enough evidence to charge anyone with a crime. So, no charges for Jar Morant from the Glendale Police Department. Memphis Tiger Basketball. You just made the list. Kendrick Davis and DeAndre Williams have picked up end-of-the-season honors from the AAC, the league office announced Wednesday. The pair earned all, ACC, all AAC, beg your pardon, first-team honors, making it the first time in conference history that Memphis has placed two players on the top team. Davis, one of only two unanimous selections, landed on the first team for the third consecutive year. While Williams makes his debut after bringing home a second team nod last season, according to the school's press release. Kendrick led the conference in scoring and assist at 21.5 points and 5.6 assists per game. Those totals ranked 10th and 17th in the country, respectively, putting him as the only Division I player to rank inside the top 20 in both categories. He's also third in the nation in free throws made at 199 and 23rd nationally at steals per game. The, most of the reaction that I have seen thus far is that Kendrick was not named Player of the Year. That indeed went to Marcus Sasser of Houston. Houston also swept all of the individual awards. Coach of the Year, Kelvin Sampson, Defensive Player of the Year, Jamal Shedd, Freshman of the Year, Drace Walker, Sixth Man of the Year, Reggie Chaney. The Most Improved Player of the Year was Juwan Roberts of Houston. The Sportsmanship Awards went to Ludgie Debo of East Carolina and Zion James of Tulane. The All-Conference First Team was as follows. Landers Nolly of Cincinnati, formerly of Memphis, Marcus Sasser of Houston, Kendrick and DeAndre, and Jalen Cook of Tulane. The second team was Taylor Hendricks from UCF, Jamal Shedd, Jawan Roberts, Jace Walker, Jalen Forbes of Tulane. The third team, David Julius of Cincinnati, Tyler Harris of South Florida, also formerly of Memphis, Damian Dunn of Temple, Kevin Cross from Tulane, Craig Porter Jr. of Wichita State. So the first note is that Kendrick led the conference in scoring, led the conference in assists, and Marcus Sasser was named player of the year. If you wanted to vote Kendrick Davis player of the year, I had no argument about it. I think, though, the bottom line that I have is that Marcus Sasser was the best player on the best team, and Houston clearly had separated themselves from the rest of the field. I'm also... Willing to give a little bit of credence to the fact that Houston plays at roughly the slowest pace of any team. They're 347th nationally, so they're one of the absolute slowest teams in the league. So the point disparity of four points per game, while, again, I would have no problem voting Kendrick Davis, I don't think that Marcus Sasser is an undeserving winner. I think you also have to consider, we see it all the time, is there voter fatigue? You know, in the end, Nikola Jokic may not win the MVP this year because of voter fatigue. We saw Karl Malone win an MVP instead of Michael Jordan because of voter fatigue. Do I think that this was some royal screw job and that Kendrick should be completely devastated? No. But if you'd like a spin zone, you've come to the right place. What better than to head into AAC tournament time then with Kendrick Davis with a grudge. Didn't win conference play of the year. I guarantee you Kendrick believes he should have been player of the year. Little extra motivation. Not bad. Tigers also placed the, as was mentioned earlier in the press release from the school, the Tigers got two players on the first team since 2008. It's the first time it ever happened in the American. It's the first time, though, it happened in 08. When you could make the case that the at least four of the Tigers starting five should have been all CUSA first team. Also, on Ken Palm, Ken Palm has ranked in the American the top five players. Ken Palm's computer ranks Marcus Sasser as having the best all round season in the league. Kendrick was two, DeAndre was three, Drace Walker and Jawan Roberts were four and five. So, congratulations. To both Kendrick Davis, who also racks up a first-team All-AAC after getting third-team All-American by the Sporting News. DeAndre Williams, for the first time in his Memphis career, picks up first-team All-AAC honors. Memphis women's Tiger basketball. You just made the list! Well, if yesterday was one of your first times to tune in to Memphis Women Tiger basketball, it did not start great. The Tigers only put up 16 points in the first half and found themselves trailing by double digits to 10-seed UCF. However, the second half was a completely different story as the Tigers outscored the Golden Knights 32-18. to Again, 16 points in the first half. They doubled it up with 32 points in the second half, and they escape 48-46 after holding UCF scoreless for the final four and a half minutes of the game. It seemed like maybe the news was getting around because I could tell with about five minutes left in the fourth quarter, the stream started lagging a little bit. And so it seemed to me that word was getting around that the Lady Tigers were in a dogfight to try and survive. It now sets up the situation where USF, who was the regular season champion, They were knocked off yesterday. The Tigers will now take on the three-seed tonight, 7 p.m. They'll take on East Carolina tonight, and the situation is as follows. If the Tigers can win two more games, they will punch their ticket to the NCAA tournament. It would be the first time ever, presumably, that the Grizzlies, the men's Tigers, and the women's Tigers would all make not only the postseason, but the highest level Of the postseason. The Lady Tigers get their 20th win of the year. It is the first time that they have won 20 games since 2011-12. And it's the first time in program history that they have advanced to the semifinals of the AAC championship game. So again tonight, if you want to check out the Lady Tigers, they will be on ESPN Plus 7 p.m. for that game. They take on you Cf. I find myself really enjoying this story, and maybe it's kind of a product of the moment where I presume, if I feel this way, that a lot of the audience feels a similar way in terms of maybe having some job or rant story fatigue. This is an easy story to root for. The Tigers, despite you know being at program lows under Melissa McFerrin, Katrina Merriweather comes in and with two years, and within two years, has this team a couple of games away from making the NCAA tournament. You also have two players on the team that stuck it out through all of the McFarren era. If you can't root for that, then I don't understand why you watch sports. All right, now, Tiger Woods. You just made the list. So this was an interesting headline earlier today. I saw this scrolling through Twitter this morning. According to. To TMZ, legal documents obtained show that Erica Herman, Tiger Woods' ex-girlfriend, has filed papers seeking to have an NDA nullified that she claims Woods made her sign at the start of their relationship, which began six years ago. Hand up, I had no idea that Tiger and Erica Herman had broken up. I, As far as I knew that this was a relationship still going on, the first time that I had learned that they had broken up was when TMZ Obtained these legal papers, Herman believes the NDA is being wrongfully enforced and argues that it should be declared "quote unenforceable" under the Federal Speak Out Act. The act prohibits NDAs from being enforced that were agreed upon before a dispute arrives involving sexual and uh, sexual harassment and or sexual assault. Herman and Woods have not been spotted together publicly in months, according to Mark Harris of OutKick. And that was when the rumors began swirling that the two had called it quits. So there's a couple of things here. Number one, Tiger has not been charged with anything remotely in the sexual assault or the sexual harassment category. This is Erica Herman's lawsuit against Tiger Woods. I think with Tiger, and anytime it becomes a domestic dispute, I think it particularly raises eyebrows. I do not get the sense that this is going to be something that brings Tiger down. And again, if the accusations prove to be true, then Tiger should be punished fully in the eyes of the law. Right now, though, it should be just noted, this is nothing more than a domestic dispute with legal papers that have been entamed. By TMZ, I would also point out if Steiny Tiger's agent can get the car wreck from L.A. two years ago. Now I suppose if he could get that turned into nothing more than a police report in which essentially no questions were asked, despite the police report acknowledging that there were pills in the car and whatnot. The fact that nothing became of that. I I tend to believe that if we're having to prognosticate that this will be handled and we won't really hear much from Tiger. Uh, I I don't think that, at least in this case, it doesn't seem like there's going to be anything heading poorly Tiger's way or legally that there will be any issues. Draymond Green. You just made the list. Yeah, I want to give Draymond a shout-out last night because last night if you were watching – the Golden State-Oklahoma City game, Jordan Poole would not pass Draymond the ball and Draymond threw a hissy fit and essentially just walked off and put himself in timeout. And it's well documented that I am a Draymond hater. And I don't sports hate Draymond. I truly hate Draymond Green. I would, however, like to tip the cap to him because I do think perhaps maybe Draymond showed a little thing called growth. In another life, Draymond probably would have punched Jordan Poole. Instead, this time, he took a quick five count, took himself out of the situation, and had himself a timeout. That's learning from the errors of your way. That's personal growth. Congratulations to Draymond for doing so. And finally, Pau Gasol. You just made the list! Yeah, also, at halftime of last night's Lakers-Grizzlies game, Pau Gasol had his jersey retired. It was a ceremony that you could watch on NBA TV. I did so myself. There were a couple of thoughts. Number one, that was one of the slowest jersey reveals I've ever seen. I feel like typically they just drop the, the curtain, if you will, that covers the jersey. This one got lowered at a snail's pace. So that kind of struck me early in the process of this was very long, but I also want to shout out Paul Gasol for this as well. When he took the microphone, he was extremely gracious. Everything about the speech that he gave was thanking other people and what other people had done for him. He did not even really make, he didn't even really make the speech about his career. It was cool to see him with his family Mark was sporting a black t-shirt with a sport coat looking felt looked great. But the other thing that it it had me thinking about. I understand Pau Gasol's greatest moments of his career are not with the Grizzlies. The championships with the Lakers. The international championships with Spain. But I do think it's important to note a couple of things. Number one. He is a remarkably underappreciated Grizzly. He led them to three playoff series, and while they did not win a single game in those playoff series, I invite you to please go look up the rosters. I was at many of those games. Those teams sucked, and he was extremely good. He brought the first for the team, rookie of the year, first All-Star game, lots of firsts. It also had me thinking with Mark in the building, When the Grizzlies came to Memphis, there was a lot of people that didn't think FedEx Forum would ever get built. There was a lot of people that immediately made the, the jokes of, oh, they're going to be gone in two years. If you look at the two points in time, the Pau era, which showed you could actually win and have playoff basketball here, and then Mark's contributions... As well as the other core four members of the core four, as quickly as we've seen franchises move, and if you think back in the period between the end of the Powell run and the start of the core four era, franchises were moving. I think it would be perfectly fitting to honor both Powell and Mark for their contributions to Memphis because, in another world where the Grizzlies never recover and don't have seven consecutive playoff appearances and become such a fabric of the city. You change ownership during that period. It's entirely possible without them that the Grizzlies would not still be in Memphis. So I wanted to salute Pau Gasol. I thought that was a great speech. That was a great ceremony. When we come back, let's turn our attention to college basketball. Matt Umanz of VSEN joins us next. We'll get his thoughts on the tournament as well as championship weekend. Stick around and Listen to Jane and Jeffrey, 92.9 FM, ESPN.
0: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash recommend today.
2: Giannato and Jeffrey broadcast live from the Red River Toyota Studios. Check out Red River Toyota in Wynn, Arkansas. The Giannato and Jeffrey Show on Memphis' sports station, 92.9 FM, ESPN.
1: Matt Yomans is the senior editor as well as the host of Vsin tonight on Vsin. You can follow him on Twitter at Matt Yomans247. You can also check out Vsin's March Madness special to get 30 days of everything the Sports Betting Network offers for just $9.99. Visit vSyn.com slash subscribe for more. Matt, let's start here. Do you prefer as a gambler, do you prefer conference championship week? or the early part of the tournament?
4: Uh, that's a good question. I mean, it just uh, depends on the year. I, I think a lot of times you can find more betting opportunities in conference uh, tournament week because there's so many more games. And uh, you got games from early morning to late at night, all these different conferences. I probably slightly prefer that, but you know what? It's uh, it's hard to uh, top the excitement of what happens next week, too, because the first two rounds of the tournament, first of all, you got people who you haven't talked to in months sending you texts yes. and uh, DMs and say what do you like in the first wow. round? Everybody wants to bet those games next week. You know, those of us who are hardcore betting college hoops every night since uh, the first week in November, we probably love this week a little bit more. But I know the in general the public gets into it a little bit more next week because, like I said, I'll hear from people I haven't talked to in, in months. And I, everybody, even my mom, fills out an office pool bracket.
1: No, you bring up a, a great point because I, I went to school at Pepperdine. And so – I, I'm familiar with the WCC. Shout out to my the wonderful young men of Spokane who continue. Uh, there's one thing that I love about that league. No matter how much they try to tell me, you know it's really a good league. It's still Gonzaga and everybody else, and it it offers you the opportunities. But it's like if you weren't betting on Pacific and Pepperdine in January, I don't really care what you what, what I'm playing. I don't I don't need your text messages. <laughs>
4: I like the West Coast Conference. I bet it frequently. I bet the Big West, the West Coast Conference, Pac-12, Mountain West, all these conferences out here. And uh, you can find great betting opportunities all the time. I mean, it might be a Tuesday night in uh, January where you find one of your favorite bets of the year. You know, and it might be in the West Coast Conference or the Big West or something like that. I, It's not hindsight. I was talking about this on v I really liked the Gonzaga to win the West Coast Conference. And I, I bet Gonzaga in all three games against St. Mary's. And I, I feel like, I have a lot of respect for Randy Bennett, who's the coach of St. Mary's, but I think the St. Mary's team, and my estimation has been the most overrated team in college basketball all season. If you look at Ken Pomeroy's ratings, KenPom.com, St. Mary's is number 17, and 17. In the net rankings, St. Mary's is like number 7 or number 8. That is not a top 10 team. It's way too limited offensively, and since February 1st, Gonzaga is the number one team in college basketball and adjusted offensive efficiency. The Zags just have more ways they can beat you. And, uh, you know, we were talking about that even before they embarrassed the Gales uh, last night. I think I've started to warm up to the Zags team a lot more here over the past uh, six weeks or so. Uh, initially, I didn't think they had the high-end, you know, ceiling to get to the Final Four, but now I think it's possible with the right kind of draw on Sunday.
1: How do you feel about teams like... Gonzaga and even Houston, another team that metrically profiles very well. But they play in softer mm-hmm. leagues. And when they get into the tournament, it you know, do you do you factor in teams that maybe haven't had to sweat it out as much during the course of, you know, from January on?
4: Well, that's a good question too, because I think, you know, you have to look at things with things with an unbiased eye, and a lot of people say, Well, that team's from a small conference, haven't been tested, they're no good. You know what, I think Gonzaga-Houston can pretty much go toe-to-toe with any team out of any Power 5 conference. The difference is a lot of people get irritated because the top 25, which really means nothing, the AP top 25, these teams get ranked and Houston never loses because they don't face much competition outside of Memphis and maybe UCF or an occasional team that rises up. But those teams are... They can go toe to toe with on a neutral in the NCAA tournament with any of these teams from Power Five conferences: Kansas, UCLA, Purdue, you name it. Uh, I think these these teams are are legit. Now, when you get to the tournament, there's always a little bit of luck involved, and in who advances through a bracket, and uh, you know there can be bad luck too. Look at UCLA today. You probably saw the news: Jalen Clark yeah. out for the year with an Achilles injury. UCLA was my pick to win the whole thing, and now you take away an elite wing defender who's probably your second best player and you take him out mick cronin's already he was already playing six guys significant minutes and that was it so he doesn't really have much of a bench i'm not sure who can step up and fill the role of an elite defender let's say ucla match up with alabama you can send Jalen clark out there and say hey you handle brandon miller who's going to do that now uh so that's that's a big loss for ucla and you know I watched the Houston-Memphis game. I watched both Houston-Memphis games start to finish. And uh, Memphis gave the Cougars all they could handle both times. And, you know, I thought Memphis gave Gonzaga all it could handle in last year's tournament, too. And Memphis is a tournament team, and that's a team that could ups- upset some- somebody next week. And I wouldn't think it's a major upset if it happened. Those teams like Memphis and Houston, they can go toe-to-toe with anybody.
1: Do you feel like the, you know, anytime we don't have a blue-blood, and I guess you got to say Kansas. I mean, Kansas is obviously a blue bud. they're defending mm-hmm. champ, but it feels like whenever you've got Alabama, Purdue, and you know Alabama, Purdue, Houston duking out for another number one seed, mm-hmm. there's going to be the the thought, okay, well, college basketball must be down if these are if these are the best teams. Do you feel like it is as wide open as at least the the narrative is, I guess, or the presumption right. maybe?
4: Yeah, because when you say things are wide open, that sounds like a cliché, right? Because percent uh, Yeah, we say that a lot of times, but and it's never quite wide open, but how many teams could make the Final Four and how many teams could win it all? You know, you could, I think you could say 25 to 30 teams are capable of reaching the Final Four. Or maybe half of those, 12 to 15, could win the whole thing. And I, I don't believe that's a stretch either because I was putting a list together last week. All right, how many teams do I think could really win it? And I came up with 14. So I, I mean, if you come up with fourteen teams that can win it, that's kind of the definition of wide open in a sense. So uh, no, I, and also I don't think college basketball is down. Uh, uh, let's let's put it in relative terms because this is a much larger discussion. It would take us a long time. We could get, we could talk through a lot of different things here, uh, but you don't have guys sticking around playing three, four years in college hoops like you used to. And that's why you don't have dominant teams. Yeah. You know, if you think back to the great Duke teams or the UNLV team or just any uh, any teams that have been dominant in college basketball over the past 30 or 40 years, you had veterans on those teams, right? You don't have that in college basketball much anymore. Now when you have senior night, you're saying goodbye to sophomores and juniors. So – I think that's the difference why you don't have dominant teams in college basketball, and like Duke and North Carolina are down a little bit, and the ACC is down. Uh, even Kansas, I don't think, is nearly as good as it was last year because you had that low post presence and David McCormick, who really was a game changer. What's Kansas going to do now when it runs up against a team like Arizona with a six eleven and a seven footer on the front line, or Purdue with seven four Zach Eady? Those are going to be matchup problems for a team like Kansas, and last year that wasn't the case. So. I don't think college basketball is down. I just think this is the new norm for college basketball is that um, some of these teams that are able to um, kind of develop players for two or three or four years and produce one of those teams, I think, uh, those are going to be the better teams in college hoops going forward. And the one-and-done model is really not working out that well. It hasn't worked out that well at Duke. hasn't worked out that well at Kentucky, right? So uh, there's a lot of things to talk about. That's probably just a bigger-picture conversation.
1: Well, I mean, to your point also, I mean, I think the the ability to transfer fluidly. Guys can oh, go yeah, – it, it's just spread out the talent. Yeah. It feels like the, the best mm-hmm. programs are not just stockpiling all the best players. It feels like guys have now decided, hey, I can get to the league from just about anywhere. I, I just want to go play, mm-hmm. and I want to get I get shots up, and I think that that has thinned it out. I want to I discuss something with you, though. Alabama, I feel like, uh, all the distractions aside, when they're at their best – they're overwhelming. But what do you make of the fact that, cause I'm sitting here on a plus 2000 ticket with the tide. <laughs> I, I don't know. The, I've been watching really intently like the last month and I just don't like the form. Like, you know what I mean? They fall behind to South Carolina there. It feels like it's the same script right now. They're falling way behind. They make these massive comebacks, but I just wonder how do you treat a team that might've already played its bas- best basketball?
4: Well, that's that's a great question, too. And I think that's true of Alabama. I also think it's true of Purdue. Yeah, When you're looking at teams at the top, I think Purdue peaked a while ago and was kind of on the decline, and I, I think the same thing about Alabama. And for different reasons. I think Purdue's got freshman guards that have kind of hit the wall, and uh, they're not knocking down threes. And then Alabama's got all the distractions from the obvious case surrounding Brandon Miller. And, you know, as a better, as soon as that Brandon Miller story broke and you know, the media is going berserk over. I said, I'm going to fade Alabama in every game going forward because there's no way this team's going to cover more than a dozen down the stretch. And yep. I think I won four straight bets, four in a row, fading Bama. And I'm going to continue to fade Bama. I'll be surprised if the Tide win the SEC tournament. I don't expect it to happen. I think, uh, you know, in a sense, Bama's best basketball is in the rearview mirror. And a lot of that has to do with those distractions. One of. I'm curious, because you covered UNLV.
1: And Uh one of my favorite bets of the year is whenever Clemson and Wake Forest play in football, I love betting Clemson because they just got the dudes, and and Wake doesn't. Well, this (laughs) year, uh, Clemson did not uh, apparently sign any corners. And so they just got absolutely lit up. And I saw that bet, which is cash. I think it's something like six straight games for me. One of my Mm -hmm. other favorite principles, though, when the Mountain West gets in the tournament— Whoever they're playing, I just – I fade the Mountain West. Am I in jeopardy this year of having it finally bite me in the
4: ass? No. No, I would fade the Mountain West again. And, uh, you know, San Diego State's the one team that people are going to think, well, they got a chance to win a couple games in the tournament. I really – you know, I think one. Uh, that might be it. I think the Aztecs win one They're too limited offensively. And they're not really elite on the defensive end of the floor like they have been – in the past uh, 5, 10, 15 years, even back, you know, Steve Fisher had some great defensive teams. Yeah. And now Brian Dutcher's taken over, and basically it's the same program. I don't think this team's quite as good defensively, and it's definitely not as good on the offensive end of the floor. And by the way, the Mountain West has lost eight straight games in the NCAA tournament, and I think one in 10 in the last 11. So if you've been fading, keep fading, because that's a profitable strategy. And I don't think any of these teams are really that dangerous. You know, Boise gets in, maybe Nevada. Those teams, I, I think their ceiling is like one win in the tournament. And in fact, and if, you, if the Mountain West gets three teams in, what would you set the win total prop out for those three teams? Maybe one and a half. Oh, I was wondering if you would even do a half. <laughs> yeah, I think you gotta you gotta set at least one because San Diego State might be a favorite, right, in its first game. So yeah, I presume, eh, I, mean, I don't know. You maybe put it a one or one and a half, and you would juice the under.
1: Yeah, for me, it's it's one of those situations. Where it's like, I just want their PR team. I want that league's PR team because I don't understand. You know, I'm sitting here in Memphis and, and I cover this league, and it's not uh-huh. a great league. But I've I watch a lot of West Coast basketball, and I'm just wondering, like, how do they consistently get four teams in? Because I like I look at the metrics, and okay, they play decent schedules, but they're not like overwhelmingly great schedules. And then they just get into conference play, and basically they get credit for playing each other. And it's like, isn't that every league? I, I don't know. It, it it just blows my mind how consistently the the selection committee just says like, well, they're getting three in, they're getting four in. Like it doesn't make yeah. any sense to me.
4: I didn't think the league deserved four last year, and I'm I'm a pro Mountain West guy, and I, but you have to look at things realistically. I didn't think the conference deserved four last year. I said it wasn't that good. I don't think it's that good this year. One thing to Mountain West. Probably, if you go back and do some research on this, the Pac-12 is a big reason because yep. the Mountain West wins some games outside of conference against Pac-12 opponents in November and December, and that boosts up the resume of some of those teams, and I think that's probably one of the reasons.
1: Who are some of you mentioned some of the 14 teams, who are the, some of the, the longer shots that you think that have the capability of
4: winning it all? Well, you know, I think UConn's re-emerged into yep. that picture here in the, in the past month because you can look at UConn and Marquette, out of the Big East and say, you know, you're not going to be stunned if one of those teams gets to the the Final Four. I really think Indiana is kind of a team on the rise out of the Big Ten, and it's going to be interesting to watch because over the years, I I like to, when I'm profiling teams, and say, okay, do they have an NBA guy? I think Indiana's got two NBA guys, two first-round picks. You know, talking about Trace Jackson Davis and Jalen Huchifino. If you've got two first-round picks, you got a shot, and I think Indiana's got that. And uh, I actually bet Indiana plus 550 to win the Big Ten tournament because I also think they got the luck of the draw by beating Michigan in overtime on the last day of the regular season. Indiana became a three seed in the Big, Team, big Ten tournament instead of an eight seed. That was a big difference. And uh, the bottom half of that Big Ten bracket soft. I think Indiana is one of those teams. Um, obviously, yeah, the more we could look through conferences, UCLA and Arizona, both. I mean, you can a handful of teams out of the Big 12. I could say uh, maybe four teams out of the Big 12 have a shot, even though I don't think Texas is the same team without Chris Beard. I've got some Texas futures from the preseason, and I I thought Chris Beard had a chance to win a national championship with this team. I don't feel the same way with Rodney Terry as coach, whether that's fair or not. I I think it's true. I don't think they're going to get there with Rodney Terry. I don't think he's as good as Chris Beard. Um uh, is Baylor still in that fo- picture? I'm not sure, man. Baylor's really uh, leaking oil here down the stretch. I did have Baylor on, on the list. I just feel like uh, the they're they're what? one of the
1: weirdest teams because mm-hmm. you watch them play at home and you're like, these guys are awesome. They're long, they're athletic, like they just dominate. And then you'll see them like go to Ames and just
4: lay an absolute egg. Uh, actually, I think that game was in Waco last. Yeah, season. I mean was that was last Yeah. Than- yeah, they got blown out in Waco by Iowa State, and everybody's like, oh, well, what the hell happened there? Because Baylor's got, you could say those three guards comprise maybe the best backcourt in the country if you're talking about three guards. guards—and But they've had trouble shooting the three, and uh, Baylor's not in very good form right now heading into uh, March. But... Uh, I got got a handful of teams. I mean, out of out of the SEC, I, I don't think Tennessee can get there. But did, would you put Tennessee on the list?
1: Uh, they have so many injury concerns, and they're to right. me they're they're the same thing as St. Mary's. Like, right? Can I trust them to score?
4: No. <laughs> no, you really can't. You really can't, and especially with how Zachary like Ziegler, you lose your point guard, and that's just uh, I think too much to overcome in March. So initially, I had Tennessee on the list. I'll probably take them off. Uh, I. I kind of like Arkansas as a sleeper in the SEC tournament. This could be an interesting game tomorrow. Arkansas Auburn in that uh, head-to-head. What's that? Seven ten game? Yeah, I think in the I think that's correct, tournament. yeah. tournament. Uh, who the hell thought Arkansas was going to be the ten seed going into it? Right? No. Uh, going into the season, I think Arkansas was picked second, either to win or finish second in the SEC. Uh, so I don't know. I, I think uh, we covered a lot of the a lot of the teams there, but it's kind of hard to pick a sleeper that can win the whole thing. Uh, I want to, I want to see the bracket on Sunday. And then uh, you ask me a question on Sunday. I'll give you a list because I, I was, people always ask, sometimes ask, um, what are, what's your final four teams? I say, yeah, I can't answer that. Yeah, I got to
1: see the bracket. <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah. I got to see the bracket. So we'll see it Sunday. And then we'll uh, decide how many teams can win this thing. But I, I think roughly it's like, you know, 12, 14, 15 tops, but you got a lot of different teams that could reach the final four.
1: Matt, you're great to join us. We really appreciate it.
4: Hey, you bet. Thanks a lot.
1: That is Matt Umans of VEASAN. We come back. We tell your story next right here on Giannotto and Jeffrey, 92.9 FM, ESPN.
2: 92.9 FM, ESPN is Memphis's sports station on the free Odyssey app. Download it now on your phone. Smart speakers say play 92.9 ESPN. Brought to you by the Tennessee Lottery. Stop by any Tennessee Lottery retailer and play today.
3: It just keeps getting bigger. The jackpot for Tennessee cash is now over $1.11 million. The next drawing is tonight. So stop by any Tennessee Lottery retailer and make your today. Today, It's your cash, Tennessee. Come and get it.
2: The Zaxby's Asian Sensation Salad comes with our hand-breaded chicken, crispy wonton strips, Asian
1: slaw, an egg roll, and is dressed with not one, but two flavorful dressings, our sweet and savory honey sesame teriyaki glaze, and a tangy citrus vinaigrette. But there's so much more than dressings. There's sauces.
2: Salad sauces. The Asian Sensation Salad. Order one ahead through the Zaxby's app. Woo, saucy! Zaxby's.
1: Crime is out of control and many people are asking, what can they do to protect themselves? Well, you can start by saving money at the largest indoor gun range in Academy in the Mid-South, Top Gun Memphis. We have the largest gun store of any range in the Mid-South, and we save the average shooter about $15 over any other range when you come out and shoot. Sign up for your permit to carry class at TopGunMemphis.com Come to Top Gun Memphis, save money, and pick out the right firearm for you. TopGunMemphis.com You don't need to find a pot
2: of gold to strike at rich this march instead win money on your tournament wagers with superbook sports superbook features the best team of odds makers in the business so they're the safe bet when it comes to sports gambling they also have one of the most extensive betting menus around so no matter what you want to wager on come tournament time superbook is sure to have it download the superbook app and start winning today visit superbook.com for terms and conditions
1: gambling problem call 1-800-889-9789
2: Ashley's Orange event is happening for three days only, Friday through Sunday only. Save 30% off store-wide or get 60 months no interest with no minimum purchase and no down payment. Don't miss Ashley's biggest event of the year. Shop hot deals starting at 199 Plus, shop Ashley Sleep Doorbuster Mattresses. Your choice Comfort Queen Mattress, now only $399. Text 79975 to schedule your appointment today, Friday through Sunday only, in-store at Ashley. Big Memphis, tap in for battle. Join us tomorrow at 6.30 p.m. when your Grizzlies take on the Golden State Warriors. Get hyped, get ready for a Western Conference showdown, and secure your tickets today by calling 901-888-HOOP or visit grizzlies.com. The UPS store is open seven days a week. We're the flexible to fit your schedule store. We're open for your packing, shipping, printing, shredding, copying, mailing, and anything else you need every day. Because we're the open seven days a week to help you be unstoppable store.
0: The UPS store. Be unstoppable. Go to the UPSStore.com slash Sundays to confirm your store's hours. The UPS Store locations are independently owned and operated by franchisees of the UPS Store, Inc. Although one or more may be company owned in the USA and buys master licensee and its franchisees in Canada. Product services, prices, and hours of operation may vary by location. Copyright 2023. The UPS Store, Inc. All rights reserved.
2: I always wanted to learn Spanish, but I never thought I'd have the time. Then I discovered Babbel.
3: Babbel's lessons are fun. They only take like 10 or 15 minutes and in three weeks, presto, you're starting to speak another language like magic.
2: I love that Babbel's lessons
3: aren't just robots talking. They're voiced by native speakers, so you get the pronunciation just right. And they're designed by real language teachers, so you learn how to have real-world conversations, things you'll actually use.
2: It's incredible. After using
0: Babbel, I'm ready to start having real conversations in French.
3: There's all kinds of ways to learn. Use Babbel's podcasts or games or videos.
2: You can even join live classes with a language teacher. If you want to learn a language, there's no faster, easier, better way than... Babbel. Babbel. Babbel.
3: Babbel. Go to Babbel.com to try for free. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. Babbel.com. Three people you should be 100% certain about. Your barber, your plumber, and your tax pro. Switch to Jackson Hewitt and you can be 100% certain about your taxes. We'll get you your maximum refund guaranteed and we'll back your return for life. Don't be kind of certain or almost certain. Be 100% certain. Switch to Jackson Hewitt today and get 50% off tax prep. Limited time offer for new clients filing at participating locations. Max value $200. Visit jacksonhewitt.com/50 for terms people who come to cricket stay with cricket just like our customer christine i'm a director and a performer i got a free phone from cricket and i've used it to live stream 73 of my shows on social media how do you like
2: it it's
3: fabulous switch to cricket and get a free samsung galaxy a14 5g Smile, you're on Cricket. Real customer, paid for testimony. Limited time. Must bring your number to Cricket on a six dollar month. First month service charge and tax due at sale. Phone, streams, video, and SD. Cricket five G is not available everywhere. Fees, terms, and other restrictions apply. See Cricket for details.
1: For today's tell your story, we go to Memphis 901 FC's Philip Gudrun, who was the team's leading scorer last year. In meeting with the media yesterday, he said, "Quote: I had opportunities to go into MLS and go into Europe this off season. And the club held me back from that. So I'd be lying to you if I said I wasn't devastated to be back here. That doesn't fire you up for the upcoming season. What can? My thanks to Matt Yvonne as well as Mark for and David Kopp for joining the program. If you missed anything, be up on the podcast shortly after the program ends. For Dennis. This is Jeffrey Sand. Thanks for listening. Keep listening. The Gabe Kuhn Show is coming up next.
2: WMFS-FM and HD1 Bartlett. WMFS Memphis celebrating a legacy of sports as the flagship home of the Memphis Grizzlies and Tigers talk. Always live on the Odyssey app and on smart speakers Say, Play 92.9 ESPN. Three people you should be 100%
3: certain about. Your barber, your plumber, and your tax pro. Switch to Jackson Hewitt and you can be 100% certain about your taxes. We'll get you your maximum refund guaranteed and we'll back your return for life. Don't be kind of certain or almost certain. Be 100% certain. Switch to Jackson Hewitt today and get 50% off tax prep. Limited time offer for new clients filing at participating locations. Max value $200. Visit jacksonhewitt.com slash 50 for terms.
2: Oh, 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 all right. Count on the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts to recommend the best products for your vehicle and budget. Get maximum cooling system performance for 10 years or 300,000 miles with Peak Long Life Universal Premixed Antifreeze and Coolant. Now just $6.99 after mail in rebate. Limit Supply, see store for details. Stop by your local O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Memphis, looking to shoot your shot? Longshot at Arrive Memphis has you covered. Your game day headquarters for the Tigers and Grizzlies. Want to bite before or after the game? Don't miss Longshot's all-star food, classic cocktails, and game day specials. Looking for a place to watch all the action? They have multiple screens with shuffleboard tables, draft beer, and plenty of space for your team. Longshot open seven days a week starting at noon, Saturdays, and Sundays on the corner of South Main and Butler. And don't miss their trivia night every Thursday. When you're looking for a game day spot, Longshot Arrive Memphis is always a winner. The Zaxby's Asian Sensation Salad comes with our
1: hand-breaded chicken, crispy wonton strips, Asian slaw, an egg roll, and is dressed with not one, but two flavorful dressings. Our sweet and savory honey sesame teriyaki glaze and a tangy citrus vinaigrette. But
2: there's so much more than dressings. There's sauces. Salad sauces. The Asian Sensation Salad. Order one ahead through the Zaxby's app. Woo, saucy! Zaxby's.
1: Crime is out of control, and many people are asking, what can they do to protect themselves? Well, you can start by saving money at the largest indoor gun range. Okay, picture this. It's Friday
0: afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better